Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, before I get to what I really want to talk about, it just hit me because I saw a tweet come across my timeline. I am pretty reluctant to tell you guys that I'm watching shows while I'm watching them because inevitably one of you will spoil the show. Every time I've ever been like, oh, I'm in the middle of watching this show, it always gets spoiled. So I just finished True Detective earlier this morning, right before I came to work. I was like, oh, well, I just have one episode left. Let me watch True Detective. Text line 913-586-7610. I will happily talk to you about it on the text line because I'm not going to spoil it for somebody else how it ends. But I certainly have questions about it, and Rob has not seen this season of True Detective. So I can't talk to Rob about it. And Spectre hasn't been here. I can't talk to Spectre about it. I don't know anybody that's watching True Detective right now. So if you're watching it and you would like my thoughts on the ending of True Detective, then text it in, 913-586-7610. Rob, I thought of that because they have signed on for a fifth season of True Detective. So sign me up. I will certainly be watching another season of True Detective. This is the thing I want to talk to you about before we get to very serious things, Rob. There is a challenge that is going around on TikTok where wives are going up to their husband and they are saying, Hey, if you were a vendor at a ballpark, what would your hot dog voice be? Like if you were the hot dog guy, Rob. So I want you to put yourself in this situation. We're going to do this challenge live on the air. Rob, you are the hot dog guy. And you're walking around and you know you got that tub full of premium Aramark meats. And you're walking around the the aisle and you're trying to sell all of these hot dogs. 
what would your hot dog call be? Ooh, I can safely say I've literally never thought of that. It would probably be a little bit old time. You're like, hot dog, eh? Who wants your hot dog? Hot dog, eh? Very old time. It's baseball. It's been around since forever. That's what I, that's my very guttural response to your question. It would be very 1920s. Hot dog, get your hot dog, eh? Okay, all right. I just wanted to know what your hot dog call would be. Hot dog, here. That's how you would do it? Yeah, that's, that's how I would do it. Okay, just making sure. The way you heard it at Yankee Stadium in 1919, very similar to how I'd do it. Okay, I got you. I don't have the flair or pizzazz for a lemonade kind of guy energy, so I just got to be a little bit straightforward. Okay. All right. I just I just wanted to know how, what, what your hot dog call would be. I just wanted to know. I, I was thinking this the last time I went to a Royals game. It was the day I thought the first pitch. Uh, back with you in August, we went to the Royals game. Now, the people that like are the peanut vendors and the hot dog vendors, bro, it's the same people from when we were kids. The one guy they got selling peanuts, I don't know the man's name. Next time we go out there, I need to get the man's name. We need to have him on the show. I swear to you, that man has been selling peanuts at Kauffman Stadium for at least 20 years. I was in high school, and that man, was he was the peanut guy. For those of you that go to Royals games, you know exactly who I'm talking about. You know exactly the gentleman that I'm talking about. And that man has a cannon of an arm. That was the best part about it. You would buy the hot dog, and he would just, ooh, or the peanuts, and he would just hurl it over there to you. He would throw it to you. You would catch it, and then he'd come over there, and you'd have to square up with him on, on the cash. You know the guy I'm talking about. Great arm. Somebody said, what about Chewy's lemonade call from the 2000 Royals? I mean, just a time. If you don't know that, I don't even know if you're even eligible to be talking about Royals baseball if you don't remember the lemonade call. That's a staple. Is that more a staple or was the tw- or more of a staple slash moment or is it the 12 donuts? They were a little different. Because that's when I think of like the Royals games, those are the two things that immediately yeah, no, I'm hit you. your mind. I'm with you. Are you a frozen lemonade guy or are you the frosted malt? So I... Pr- I'm going to I'm going to tell you I prefer the malt, but what sucks about the malt is for some reason they don't serve with plastic spoons. I don't know why malt technology has not evolved beyond the wooden strep test stick. <laughs> but that is what you have to eat a malt with. So I prefer the flavor of a malt, but I wish there was a vessel to get the malt into my mouth that wasn't a wooden stick. I don't need the the tongue compressor or whatever that thing is called. I don't need that. That's why I don't eat the Frosty Malt. The exact same reason. Like, just hand me a plastic cup or a plastic spoon. That's all I need. Please hand me a plastic spoon. I don't want this thing. That's all I need. I mean, we've put a man on the moon. How can we not have a spoon with a malt? I just... Well, that's because you need to be up there getting dipping dots. Yeah. That's why. That's what. That's really what the universe wants you to do. The universe wants you to go up there and get dipping dots. Dipping dots have been the ice cream of the future since 2001. Eventually, it has to stop being the ice cream of the future. And it's just it, good. I know. It doesn't need the to be the ice cream, cream of the future because it's just good. It's not the ice cream of the now. Ice cream hasn't evolved what dipping dots thought it would. Uh, someone said, CDOT, you need to try those chocolate-covered strawberries and cheesecake bites at the Royals game. Wife is instantly happy. I actually have had the chocolate-covered uh, strawberries before. I have had them. My sister, that is what she likes to get whenever she goes to the game. She is a big fan of the plastic-covered strawberries. 
So I actually have had them before. One day, Rob, you know what we're going to do? Write this down for opening day. I want you, we're going to, I think we're actually planning on like physically going to opening day this year. They offered us tickets. I don't know if you saw that or not. They offered us tickets. We need to go and then we need to make our list of what's the five best food items at Kauffman Stadium. That needs to be a TikTok series. A TikTok series is us going and we eat everything at Kauffman Stadium. That's what we need to do. I like it. I like it. I like where your head's at. Go to a game. Hey, today we're trying food item X at location Y. Eat it, try it, give a ranking. Yeah. Seems easy enough. That's a great that's a great idea. That would mean that you're going to have to try the peanut butter barbecue sandwich. You know yeah, that, no, right? No, that's a good idea. We need to do that this year. We need to go to Royals games, and we need to make a video and try every food item that they have out there. Do you know what I'm learning? We really need the Royals to be competitive, because right now our summer plans include Fast Food Friday and trying food to the K. Yeah, well. We really need a... Come on, Bobby Witt. Give us a 75-win <laughs> yeah, team, on. buddy. We got to start getting ready. <laughs> Somebody said, Carrington, are you prepared to take out a loan? I'm going to work on it. I'm going to work on it. That will not be a cheap idea. No, not at all. Not a cheap idea. Uh, text line 913-586-7610. See that? I've been going with my grandparents to Royals games for years. I met the peanut guy when I was seven. I'm now 33. See, I'm, see, I'm not crazy. If you go to Royals games, you know exactly who and what I'm talking about. There is a gentleman out there. I do not know the man's name. He is an older white gentleman. That man has been selling peanuts at Kauffman Stadium for 25 years. He still looks exactly the same as when you met him. He is not aged a day. He's like Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman has looked the same for 40 years. That's like this gentleman, the guy that sells peanuts. And Rob, you know the guy I'm talking about. You wave your hands. He'll be saying peanuts, peanuts. You wave your hand. And I'm telling you, this guy... He has a better arm than Justin Fields does. You put your arm up. I'm telling you, he's going to hit you right in the palm. Boom, bow. He's going to hit you. And then he's going to come over there after he, you know, sells more peanuts. He's going to come to you. Hey, $6. You pay him, and he goes away. That man, he has not missed the Royals game in 27 years. I'm telling you. They need to let him throw out the first pitch. Do you think he makes it to the new stadium? Yes. <laughs> 100%. Somebody said, see that that's accurate. It's the same with the bottled water guy. Yes, exactly. I'm telling you the peanut guy. Someone said, see that you're definitely not crazy. I know peanut guy. If you see him in your section, you have to get some peanuts and don't drop it. Cause it's on you. Cause he's never missed a throw a hundred percent. He going to put it right on the money. Remember how Tyree Kill was talking about Tua's accuracy? That's really peanut guy at Arrowhead and Kaufman. Saying, I'm telling you, zoom, zoom. He got a better arm than Pat. You better catch it when peanut guy throws it to you. You better catch it. That's the, who Pat was learning from that rookie year. He wasn't yeah. taking notes from Alex Smith. He was taking notes from peanut guy. He doesn't have guy. all the tricks, though. I mean, he just has a steady drop back. You know, Pat, he going to do some different stuff. But this is just going to be zoom, boom, right in the bread basket. I'm telling you every single time. Uh, Coming up on the other side, I try to protect college basketball. We'll talk about it. Keep it right here. It's The Drive. The Drive with Carrington Harrison. Brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car wreck? Get the money you deserve. Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app.
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. CDOT, what about the guy that says ice cold beer here, Bud Light here guy? Another legendary guy. Ice cold beer here. You walk around, oh man. It gets you every time. Rob, when you're at the game, what kind of beer do you get? I don't think you and I have ever been to a baseball game and you ordered a beer. That's not true. I, I got beer at the, uh, after you threw out the first pitch. Oh, you did? I don't remember. Uh, it really depends. I'm not really a buy beer from the guy coming up the walkway kind of guy. I usually go underneath and get a boulevard something or other or Maybe if I'm really feeling myself, I'll wander up to uh, Craft and Draft and get a craft beer. Cause of course you will. You're going to have one or two while you're out there. It's very well, much a Rob Brinton thing to do. I'm not going to pay $16 from Michelob Ultra while I'm out there. I might as well get a beer I enjoy. How many different beers do you think they offer at Kauffman Stadium? Like if we just did like beers with Bink and we just had Bink just taste all the beers that are there. How many different beers do you think they have at Kauffman Stadium? Are we counting the ones at Craft and Draft? or just? Yeah, no, those two. They count. 50 to 60, probably. Oh, my goodness. My, my guess, yeah, 50 to 60. Okay. We have another activity we need to do then. Why don't we have Bink go out there, and we'll do this. Just send Bink out there. Hey, try every beer. Yeah, we're going to do that with Bink. We're going to find a day game. We're just going to go out there, and we're just going to try beers. I mean, we know somebody there, don't we? We know somebody over there that can that can hook it up for us. Hey, we, we need an all-you-can-drink pass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what we need. No, I'm with you. That sounds like a great time. Doesn't sound like a lot of fun. Sounds like a very fun time to me. Go to the game. Uh, 913-586-7610. All right. I don't know what's changed, I guess. And maybe this is just part of getting older, right? And I think as I've like transitioned from like where I would consider myself young to I don't think I'm old, but I've been doing this long enough that like 
it's like weird. So when somebody like Quentin's like, oh, I listened to you when I was in high school, it just feels it, you know, I'm starting to feel kind of old. You know, I'm, I'm, I feel kind of old. So when I see people who are my age or a little bit older than me that start to have these old takes, it is disappointing because, you know, I think it's our responsibility is, you know, this generation to preserve certain things. I like college basketball. I would not say that I love college basketball. I like it. I enjoy it. I probably go to three to five college basketball games a year. I keep up with it. I watch it on television. I'll be locked in for the NCAA tournament. I'm actually going to Vegas for the first time to watch the first round of the tournament because I want to experience. I, I, I enjoy college basketball. But I firmly believe that if you ask people, what is it about college basketball that you like? Very few of their answers has something to do with the basketball. A lot of their answers is, I like the crowd. I like the pageantry. It's my alma mater. It's those kinds of things. The basketball that you watch is not superior. I know we have it convinced that no, no NBA player cares. None of them play defense. I'd rather watch them play at 80% than watch most college basketball games where we believe they are doing their absolute best. But that's just a matter of preference. But a lot of the arguments that people have towards college basketball are for the fixings and what is around the sport. And that's perfectly fine if that's why you like college basketball. That's why I like college basketball. That's part of its joy. That part of what makes college basketball cool is that in certain situations after the game, the kids will run onto the court. That's part of it. That the fans make college basketball a very unique product and very different from the NBA in that regard. And part of its appeal is the enthusiasm of the people that are in the stands. And yes, sometimes bad things happen. And I wish those things don't happen. And I want to put more of a responsibility on schools to have a protocol in place. Maybe you don't need this at Kansas because the students don't run on the floor. But at Wake Forest... If you beat Duke in basketball, it is fair to assume every single time that you do it that the students are going to run on the floor. Those same students help you get an advantage for what helped you win this basketball game today. So I don't know why so smart people, people that love college basketball, people that love college basketball, Jay Billis loves college basketball, Gary Parrish. I was listening to Gary Parrish. Loves college basketball. I don't know why they have this opinion. Listen, Jay Billis is an incredibly smart human being. Jay Billis is maybe currently, outside of Dick Vitale, the greatest ambassador that college basketball has. How can this be his stance on court storming? But the truth is, nothing's going to change now. We're going to talk about it, and it's going to go away, and nothing's going to change. And if they wanted to stop it, they could stop it tomorrow. Uh, the, the, the administrators will tell you that uh, security experts tell them that it's not, it's not a good idea to try to stop the court storming, that that could cause more problems than it would solve. But you don't have to stop the court storming. One time, all you have to do is once they're on the court, don't let them off. Just, just say you're all detained and give them all citations or arrest them if you want to. And then court stormings will stop the next day. Um, there's no accountability for this. It, 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 the fans feel like it's an entitlement 
and the universities like it, and the truth is we like it. Jay Billis, who graduated from Duke University, one of the best schools that we have in this country. I believe Jay Billis has his law degree. Correct me if I'm wrong. Jay Billis is one of the good guys. I like Jay Billis. Jay Billis's solution is to arrest court stormers. What are we doing here? Come on now. What's the difference right now between college basketball and the NBA? The players get paid. If you get paid for something, that makes you a professional. That makes you a professional. So the players, especially the good ones, are receiving money. I don't think that Hunter Dickinson is solely at Kansas because of their education. I think he's there because they paid him a lot of money to be playing basketball for them. Well-deserved. He's very good at basketball. But we've reached the point that it's, it's now professional basketball. There is a professional league that is much better than this. What separates it? What makes it different? The people make it different. Jay Billis knows this. This is a silly stance. And I understand that we all want the same thing. I want the athletes to be protected. And I want to avoid situations like happened to Caitlin Clark and like what happened to Kyle Filipowski. I really do. But why can't we have both? Why can't we do a better job at ensuring that at the end of games that the two teams can safely get off the court and we also allow college basketball to be college basketball and celebrate what makes it special and what makes it unique and what makes it different than the NBA. There's a way to do that. And it's not arresting the students for running onto the floor. I want to play for you what John Shire had to say. He is the head coach at Duke. You know he's salty. His team lost. I'm more concerned about the, the well-being of our guys. You know, Flip sprains his ankle. When are we going to ban court storming? Like, when are we going to ban that? Like, how many times does a player have to get into something where they get punched or they get pushed or they get taunted right in their face? <sighs> this generation is going to kill college athletics. I'm serious. They're going to kill it. They really are. No one is in the right conference anymore. They don't want you to run on the court anymore. They just want to create the NBA light and NFL junior. That's what they're trying to do. That's their goal. They're going to take all the rivalries that you love. They're going to erase all of them. And they don't want college students to be college students anymore. They don't want you to do certain chants at the games anymore because it offends some people. I'm all for just let college basketball be college basketball. That's it. You know what I'm psyched for? They're going to have two mega conferences. They're going to have a 16-team or more college football playoff. The college basketball tournament is going to go to 96. We're going to have no more court stormings, no more field stormings. We're going to basically eliminate all the pageantry and what makes college football so fun, and it's going to suck. You know what's going to happen? Coaches are going to blame NIL and the transfer portal, and I'm going to lose my mind because if we spend as much time trying to correct the things that are actual problems in college sports as opposed to talking and moaning about NIL, we'd be a happier place. And you said earlier there has to be a way 
to keep the athletes safe and storm the court. There is. It happened last week. Last Wednesday, Creighton beat the brakes off of UConn in Omaha. You know what happened after the game? Blue Jays fans filled the court. They had beaten the number one team in the country. It was a party in O-Town. You know what you didn't see? Their best player get run over. You know what you didn't hear? Dan Hurley cry in the media about, it's just getting too hard. I didn't hear Jay Billis on Thursday on Get Up talking about arresting everyone who was on the floor in Nebraska. It seems like it's only a problem once in a blue moon. And when it is a problem, we need to hold the people accountable who are the problem. Find the student and reprimand him or reprimand the university for not being prepared because Creighton was prepared. Creighton got the UConn players off the floor, no issue. How was Wake Forest not prepared for a game against top 10 ranked Duke could result in a crowd storming? The crowd was juiced to the 10s, and yet they were like, who knew they were coming? Everyone knew they were coming. Text line 913-586-7610. CDOT, you should teach the programs that they should expect to win big games. Big-time programs typically don't have court stormings. They expect to win those games. Well, the court storming is usually the byproduct of an upset, right? That's part of what makes college sports cool, right? It's the theory of Cinderella. It's the upset. It's the unpredictable nature of it. The reason that these students storm the floor is their team wasn't expected to win. We know that. And isn't that what we're supposed to be celebrating? Like, we can't kind of have both in these regards. Like, one reason that people dislike the NBA is that it is incredibly predictable, that the best team usually wins. A majority of times in the NBA, the best teams win. But we know that's not how college sports are. And a court storming is a celebration of the fact of, hey, your team's a little bit better than us. But in college sports, anything can happen in a single elimination setting. Anything can happen. We just got to play better than you for 40 minutes. We don't have to be better than you the entire season. We just got to shoot well. We got to play good defense. We got to do the little things. I'm just, I'm just, I just want to preserve what makes college sports cool. They are already eliminating a lot of those things. They get mad at players for doing horns down at each other. (laughs) Like if your stance is it's unsafe, tell me who was hurt by you doing horns down. They don't even want you to do that anymore. You can't even celebrate that way anymore. What do we what do we want the 19 to 22 year old kids to do? What is it? Because there's certain cheers. Oh, well, that cheer, they curse in that cheer. What do you want them to do? I just want them to be 18 to 22 years old. And run on the court. Have fun. Let's figure out a way to make it safe, right? Let's figure out a way. There's got to be a way to do it. And it's not throwing the people that run on the court in jail. That can't be the solution to them running on the floor. I feel bad that Kyle Filipowski got hurt. I really do. I feel bad that he got hurt, and I hope that he's okay. I don't want any player or any fan or any patron, but part of college, part of college, like the experience, is to create lifelong memories and do cool stuff with your friends. And one cool activity is running on the court if your team wins a big game. And it's something that not every college student gets an opportunity to. And even if you do, it's not like you get seven or eight of them while you're in college. You get like one or two of them when you were at school to do. 
Some of you that went to K-State, if you were in K-State from 2011 to 2014, how many times you get a chance to run on the court? If you went to Mizzou, how many times have they given you a chance to run on the court in the last 15 years? It's cool. It's fun. And we should be in the business of preserving those memories for young people. Coming up on the other side, we're off a little bit earlier today because of K-State. We'll get to the hits. Keep it right here. It's The Drive. The Drive with Carrington Harrison. Brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car, truck, or motorcycle wreck? Remember, Mike's got this. On 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Kansas City, it's Brett Veach. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. We're talking about court storming. If you missed it, Jay Billis wants to lock up court stormers. Listen to this take. But the truth is, nothing's going to change now. We're going to talk about it, and it's going to go away, and nothing's going to change. And if they wanted to stop it, they could stop it tomorrow. Uh, the, the, the administrators will tell you that uh, security experts tell them that it's not, it's not a good idea to try to stop the court storming, that that could cause more problems than it would solve. But you don't have to stop the court storming. One time, all you have to do is once they're on the court, don't let them off. Just, just say you're all detained and give them all citations or arrest them if you want to. And then court stormings will stop the next day. Um, there's no accountability for this. It, it, the fans feel like it's an entitlement, and the universities like it, and the truth is we like it. Someone on the text line says, Cedar, your stance is that court storming is cool. If it's so cool, then why don't we do it in the pros? I do think we have to acknowledge the demographic of the crowd is drastically different. That in these colleges... There is designated sections for people who are between the ages of 18 to 23 years old to sit there. And there's a large group of them that are there. Well, that's not the case in the pros. It's also just, it's different in the two. There's different traditions that you have in college football that wouldn't work in the NFL. That's just part of what makes it unique. That's part of what makes it different. That's part of what makes it cool to go out there and do it. I mean, normally when these things are happening, it's normally, who normally starts it is not where the adults are sitting. It's normally the kids start doing it first. So the universities seem to all be for it, and they seem willing to eat the fine anytime that this has happened, right? Like, this happened last year at Missouri. Missouri had the game-winning kick against K-State. 61-yard kick. Everybody knows in the SEC, if you run on the field, your school has to pay a fine. It's not like the school came out and was like, oh, man, we hate this. Please stop. It was, we're happy to do this. We will eat this $100,000. We're happy that they're happy. So the university is happy, and TV is happy, and we all know colleges, they run off that television money. Then let's just figure out a way to make it more safe for all, for, for all the college students involved. That's what we're talking about, right? the 20-something college students that are playing in the game and the thousands of college students that want to run on the court. Why can't we figure out a way to make it safer for them? I also think comparing it to pro sports is very unfair. I think Kansas City is skewed because Arrowhead is as close to a college environment as you will see in pro sports. We say that, though, but it's not. I, 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 it's, mean, it's, it's, but like, I understand why Joe Fan in the town thinks it's similar, but go watch a game of any sport. Go watch a jazz game, and you'll be like, oh, that's not the same as KU. Go watch a Charger game. You'll be like, that's not the same as Arrowhead, let alone K-State, Mizzou. They'll be like, there's just a difference. There's a staleness to an NFL or an NBA game. Yeah, I just think 
I think that sometimes we kind of equate a lively crowd to a college crowd. And the two are different. You're right. Arrowhead has a very lively fan base. What do you think the average age of a person that goes to a Chiefs game is? It is just different than what the average age of a person that goes to an LSU game is. It's just, it's different. I'm sorry. It's different. So the Chiefs have a very lively crowd. But Rob, it's mostly a lot of people like you. I'm in my 30s. Yo, I'm just trying to go home after this. You know what I mean? Hey, I want to have a couple beers. I want to be out here with my friends. I want to go home. That is not the average person attending a college football game. Certainly not the ones that are running on the floor. You and I are fine. Hey, y'all run on the floor. And you have this. Maybe I'll go down there and take a picture at the end. Maybe. But I'm not the first one. I'm not even sitting. I don't even want to sit over there with them. That's the worst. That's the worst place I want to sit. You have season tickets, Rob. Can you imagine now sitting in the student section? No, I don't don't have any interest in sitting over there. I'm happy you're here. I'm happy you're excited. I want you to cheer and go crazy and yell, and I want you to sing during Mr. Brightside. I don't want to be over there at all. I don't want to sit over there. No, thanks. I mean, I'm out by the amount of standing they do. I'm good. I want to sit. I want to sit at some point. Yeah, I'm telling you, I don't got it. The way my knees are set up these days, I don't want to stand up the whole game anymore. Y'all can have it. I paid money to not walk away injured. (laughs) Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to sit. I don't want to sit over here with y'all. No chance. It is the worst. But that's fun. Have fun at the game. Be kids. You guys don't want them running on the court anymore. They can't do the horns down anymore. You try to take their chance and their cheers away. You guys are the one making college athletics weak. I'm here supporting. I want them to have fun at the games. All right, Rob, let's go through the hits. I think hit number one is probably Charles Amenahu. I'm just going to go ahead and guess. While you're stuck in traffic on your drive home, The Drive gets you caught up on the biggest sports stories in Kansas City and around the country. It's The Hits, only on The Drive, number one. Carrington, must be clairvoyant because hit number one is Charles Amenahu, who was on Good Morning Football this morning, and he was asked, hey, what's the deal with your contract? Are you happy? A couple weeks ago, you took to social media saying, you just want to feel appreciated. What do you feel like you did enough this past season to potentially get that new contract you're looking for? Uh, I think I did, to be honest. Um, like you said, seven sacks in 11 games and then the sack in the in the championship game to kind of spark off the the, the, the wave of defensive plays, um, finish second on the team in sacks, and then have the first six games to, to, to catch up with George and Chris. So I think I did. I think that the tape speaks for itself. I think I showed um, dominant run play. As far as, and then as long as uh, with the pass rush inside and outside and just winning one-on-ones, uh, creating turnovers, um, being the spark and like the energy plays that uh, they wanted me to uh, to be when I got there. Um, I wish I could have another full, a full season this year to kind of do the same, but I think um, I showed every everybody in the organization, everybody in the league that uh, I should be talked about in the maybe not in the in the in the Bosonum kind of conversation, but those guys right after guys that you when you go and do your game plan, you got you got to look for ninety out there on the field, and because if you don't, uh, I'll get your quarterback one way or another. <laughs> what I'm not is he talking about? I'm not laughing. I'm really not laughing because it's not funny. I'm not laughing. Would you have given him a, a new contract if you're Brett Veach? I just, who is advising you, Charles? 
Number one, you only played in 11 games this year. So when you sit down and you're like, hey, you know what, man? I outperformed this deal. I want a new contract. I'm going to pull up Google.com. I'm going to pull up your stats. All right, let's talk. Let's sit down. Hey, you only played in 11 games this year. Why is that? Oh, well, I had to miss the first six games. Why did you miss the first six games? Because I was suspended for domestic violence. Okay. Well, the postseason, we made it to the Super Bowl. Did you play in the Super Bowl? No, I couldn't. Why? I was hurt. So hold on. You couldn't start the season. And you couldn't finish the season. You had seven sacks. And now you're on NFL Network saying that you deserve a raise and that you need a new contract when you are under contract currently and might not be able to start the season again? Charles, this was bad. This was really, really bad advice. I don't know who told you to do this. I don't know who is advising you. And Charles, I'm on your side. I thought you had a phenomenal season this year with the Chiefs. I thought you were great. And I think you are one of their more important defensive players coming up next year. Bro, you're you're 26. You're going to be 27 this season. Get back healthy. Go ball out. And you'll be a free agent at 27 years old and you can get paid. That's not old in the league. That's hitting your prime. Charles, for a player is that thinks this highly of yourself, and that's good you think that about yourself. I mean, you played on three teams in six seasons. Houston had you. You then played for San Francisco for a couple years. Now you're in Kansas City, and now you're already unhappy with that deal. There might be a Charles Amenahu problem. Now, I don't think this is that big of a deal. You just did some interview in February, and what does it matter? But just the mindset. Why? 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 For what? I mean, you had a good season. It wasn't that great. You had seven sacks this year, and you had less than 30 tackles. And now you all here saying that you deserve a raise and that you're not. He said, I'm not Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa won Defensive Player of the Year two seasons ago. Two seasons ago, he won Defensive Player of the Year. And you're like, oh, I'm at that level below him. No, you're not. You've never had more than eight sacks in a season. Nick Bosa's had double-digit sacks in the last three years. Just terrible. This is terrible advice. Awful advice. Two. Two. Speaking of people who have a very high view of themselves, Russell Wilson was on the I Am Athlete podcast, and he believes the sky is the limit for his future in the NFL. I got more fire than ever, honestly, especially over the past two years of what I've gone through, whether it's in Denver or somewhere else. I, I hope it's in Denver. You know, I hope I get to finish there. I, I committed there. I wanted to be there. You know, I want to be there. For me, it's about winning. Over the next five years, I want to win, too. I want to feel the chill of that trophy again. You know, I I love the city and everything else. But, you know, you also want to be a place that that wants you, too. So the thing that I I, want to do is is, is win, man. That's all all I care about. Well, I mean, Russell, if you want to be in a place that loves you, I'm here to tell you the Broncos, that's not it. That's That's not even it. And if you want to feel that trophy, I don't... He might need to go commit to be a backup for a team like Kansas City because I don't know if you're leading a team to be a starting quarterback in the league. I don't know if that's what's happening for you, my boy. It has been a very, very drastic shift in the last 24 months regarding Russell Wilson. I mean, it was a massive trade that got him to the Broncos. One of the biggest trades that we've seen in league history. 
that got him to the Broncos. He had a terrible first year. He got a coach fired. His second coach, they did not get along. And his coach basically fired him on his day off. And now Russell Wilson is looking for his third team in four seasons. I mean, Russell Wilson went from a guy where, let's say that Russell Wilson had retired before playing for the Broncos. I think Russell Wilson would have been a Hall of Famer. Like, if Russell Wilson had retired two years ago and never played for the Broncos, I think the public sentiment was still really high. I think the media sentiment was still really high around Russell Wilson. And he was a really productive player in Seattle. I think he retires a Hall of Fame quarterback. I don't know what the future looks like right now for Russell Wilson. His last year in Seattle was a disaster. His two years in Denver, the first one was as bad as you can be as a starting quarterback. He wasn't bad last year as as the Denver Broncos starting quarterback, but he did get fired for Jared Stidham at the end of the year. And now I'm not even sure if he's going to be a starter next year in the league. There's not many there's not many teams that I think make a lot of sense for him to be a starting quarterback for. Maybe four or five. Vegas is one. Pittsburgh is one. Maybe the Commanders are one, but they have the number two overall pick. I don't think he's going to be starting in Atlanta. There's just not many available jobs, I think, for Russell Wilson, where this next transition for him, you're going to have to accept the role of what you are. You are a role player now at this point. You need to be a Jacoby Brissett, Tyrod Taylor, Gardner Minshew type. You need to go to a team that has a good rookie quarterback, a good young QB. You're there. You're there, you're there to be a mentor. And, I mean, with the way the NFL is and with quarterback injuries, maybe you're starting by week six, week seven anyway because the starting quarterback is out. I mean, that's what happened with Gardner Minshew this year. You were backup quarterback to Anthony Richardson. He got hurt. You were put in the spot. We saw a lot of QB injuries last year. I'd be trying to do one of those things. Like, if I'm him, I'm trying to go to the Jets. I'm trying to go be a backup quarterback for Aaron Rodgers. And if something goes wrong, I'm ready to step in. I'm ready to be this team's starting quarterback. That's how Russell Wilson needs to be thinking. Three. Carrington, over the weekend, we saw the news that former Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy is headed to UCLA to be the associate head coach and offensive coordinator for first-year head coach Deshaun Foster. Carrington, can you think of a larger fall from grace than what Eric Bieniemy has had from hottest name in the NFL head coaching market just four seasons ago to now after being removed of his duties with the Washington Commanders is coaching collegiate football at a middling Big Ten program for a first-year head coach. Yeah, why you got to call UCLA a middling program like that? I'm telling you, Rob, your team sees a little bit of success, just a little bit. And now you out here, you out here throwing shade toward UCLA? UCLA is gorgeous. They don't do any winning. Just one football season ago, he was the offensive coordinator for a team that won the Super Bowl. Literally one college football and one NFL season have passed. And now he's at UCLA. There are no NFL jobs. Like, I would have never had guessed this. Can you imagine if I told you three years ago, hey, Eric Green is going to be out of the league. You're like, oh, okay, well, then he's a college coach somewhere. Yeah, but not the one in charge. He is not the head coach at Colorado. He could have been. He passed on. He had a chance to be the head coach at Colorado, his alma mater. They wanted him to be there. He is holding out for an NFL job. Sometimes your dreams never come true. 
I mean, sometimes your dreams don't happen. We all have dreams. We all do. Sometimes you don't, you, you just don't get it. Rob, really quick, I'm looking at ESPN and the court storming thing. It's been the number one topic. You know what I do think is kind of sad about men's college basketball? This I'm serious. This is the thing I think is sad. We don't talk about college basketball regular season games anymore. Like, I, I'm seeing the text line, and one of the reasons is how the regular season in college basketball is so important and how that's what's different than the NBA. It doesn't feel that way. Now, the NBA has its own problems, and the, the NBA certainly has an effort problem. Like, I say this as someone who loves the NBA. I will never deny it has an effort problem in the regular season. I think there's too many games, number one overall. But this year, what has been the game that as a college basketball fan you felt like you needed to watch? That a lot of the same problems that exist in the NBA's regular season, they kind of exist. This is the first men's college basketball story of the year. It's the middle of February. It's the end of February. What's been the men's college basketball story this year? I mean, it's been the court storming, right? Yeah, that's it. And the fact that Bronny's not good. Yeah, and Bronny had the heart issue at the very beginning that's of the fair. year. But yep. I'm saying is, from the beginning of the season to now, what has been the men's college basketball story that has captured people's attention that talk about, or the game where you felt like, oh, I got to watch this game? Because you and I came up in the, oh, man. There was so many big, big East games that we had to watch or major ACC games. I mean, you knew when Duke and North Carolina would play each other and you were glued into it. Rob, who's on Duke? I mean, I know Filipowski. Yeah, he's got Phil, hurt. Just because he twisted his ankle. Is, Did uh, you know that Duke has a kid that went to Bishop Miege on their team? I'm, gonna like, say, I'm saying, do, do you think the average college basketball fan, people living can't see no college they have a player that played at Bishop Age on their team that's going to play in the NBA someday. I'm just saying is, people not, we could criticize the NBA, and it certainly has a regular season problem. College basketball, this story feels a lot like fighting baseball. The only time we talk about baseball like that at that level is when a fight happens. Or the unwritten rules. Oh, we love a good unwritten rules. I can't wait till that topic happens. We're going to have around May sometime. Something will happen. They hit them. They then run on the field. They fight. It used to didn't be this way with college basketball. There's a lot of reasons why it's turned into this way. Storming the court is cool, man. Keep letting them do it. We're off a little bit earlier today because of K-State. Good luck to them as they look to continue to build a resume towards the NCAA tournament. Emal, I'm pulling for you. I mean, my team ain't going for the tournament. I don't want Rob's team to be the only team that makes the tournament locally. I want y'all to make it too so I can cheer for you guys. So go get it done. Go make it happen. Back tomorrow. It's the drive. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. 
There's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.